Hey everyone, my name's Frank, and this is the 16th episode of the podcast. It's been like three weeks since I've recorded. Um, I've just been, I guess, focusing on school and hanging out with family and seeing some friends. I've really been wanting to record, but I don't know, it just hasn't really lined up. Um... I feel like when I started the podcast, I really wanted to stay on like a really militant schedule and be like really on top of it. And so I was sort of disappointed in myself when, you know, a week had gone by, 10 days had gone by and I hadn't done anything. But thinking of the original intention of the podcast, which was to do something you know, authentic and personal and from the heart. The idea of forcing myself to record a podcast because I wanted to maintain the appearance of someone who is really on top of it felt kind of self-defeating in a way that just didn't make sense with what I'm trying to do. And I figured, whatever, like I'm human I'm not gonna, you know, just have like an abundance of ideas and things to say all the time. I mean, I guess we can, you know, if we stay like really connected to that part of ourselves, but I feel like life with all of its weirdnesses and ups and downs and whatever just um, doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. Um, so I figured why not? We'll just take um, a few weeks break and come back when it felt right and Lately, I've um, really been getting the bug to record. I've really wanted to. So um, I figured I had some free time today, so why not give it a try? And when I was thinking about um, different, I guess, like concepts or ideas for uh, this episode, a few came to mind, but I guess I really just wanted to talk about shadow um it's just been something that's uh I feel like been coming up a lot for me whether in class or outside of class and I've hesitated with this concept on the podcast before because I feel like it is a little bit I don't want to say cliche or you know overly discussed but kind of I mean it's just something you hear a lot, you know, like, oh, like my shadow, or I'm doing shadow work, you know, and you hear it in a lot of different contexts, not just psychological, but, you know, spiritual or um, religious or something, you know, uh, and so, I don't know, it's not that it's overdone, it's just that, you know, I want to make sure that uh, I'm not just sort of like repeating things, but um, it always feels good at the same time to uh, go back to square A and kind of go back to the basics to sort of reestablish them for ourselves, I feel like, no matter how much we think we know them, right? And try and find new ways of understanding it and uh, new ways of uh, integrating the idea. So,
and I really wanted to approach the concept from like Carl Jung's standpoint. I mean, in my brain at least, I feel like he's the one who coined it the shadow, though I really don't know if I really don't know if that's the case. And um, you know, maybe he coined it uh, the word shadow, but of course that dark side has always existed, you know, like when within history, but. Either way, I sort of just wanted to approach it from his perspective, since I feel like that's the one I've, like, read up on the most, um, and I feel like does have the sort of spiritual, psychological component that, um, I like to sort of explore on the podcast. But I googled Carl Jung's definition of the shadow, and, um, as a very astute, uh, journalist and researcher, I... I'm going to quote Wikipedia's definition, and here it says that Jung stated the shadow to be the unknown dark side of the personality. According to Jung, the shadow, in being instinctive and irrational, is prone to psychological projection, in which a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as a perceived moral deficiency in someone else. And so first part is unknown dark side of the personality. And the idea is that there are all these uh, aspects of ourselves that are unknown to us because we've rejected them, right? I feel like when we talk about shadow, that's what we first think of. It's all the things that we would like to pretend that we're not. So we don't want to be angry, greedy, power hungry, um... Uh, uh, did I say angry or um, selfish, ego-driven, um, all those kinds of like, I don't even want to say uglier because that kind of puts a judgment on it, but just the sort of personality traits that like culturally, you know, we don't esteem as attributes of an evolved, actualized person, right? And for Jung, uh, from what I understand, the shadow is a natural and normal process in our development. Like, there is no escaping it, and uh, it's actually really key to our ego development. Um, I'm going to read this uh, passage from Edward Edinger from Science of the Soul, um, where he talks about ego development in the shadow. Uh, so the first paragraph is, um, it is invite, it is vitally important for a young ego to feel that it is more good than it is bad. If it falls into the conviction that it is more bad than good, it's a goner. Then it starts living out of that and you get criminality and all sorts of antisocial behavior. So the ego has to be convinced that it's more good than bad. But then what happens to all those so-called bad qualities that it denies having? They drop into the shadow, into the unconscious. So it's like for the ego to establish itself as a self, it needs to reject certain qualities that it does not want to identify with, right? So for us to construct our sense of self in the ideal way that we would like it to manifest, we have to reject certain aspects as dark and as things that we don't want. Um, otherwise, you know, if we kind of, I guess what he's saying, you know, in terms of 
being a goner and then, you know, going into criminality and antisocial behavior is that like, if we just accept them as parts of our personality at a really young age, without first seeing that they're dark or without first seeing that they're less than favorable qualities, then we'll just sort of live them out without any sort of remorse or guilt or, um, you know, uh, fear of the effect that it might have on others. So it's good at first to reject them and to recognize them as shadow and as things that are not part of who we are and who we want to be. But, you know, like the definition said, then um, we run the risk of psychological projection. That's my sister's, uh, is it called a Zumba? I'm not really, I feel like it's stuck under the couch or something, but whatever. But, um... I guess I'll just leave that in there. I'm like, should I go back? But no, whatever. It's just part of the vibe. Um, so yeah, we run the risk of psychological projection when we um, develop this shadow um, and it becomes more unconscious, right? So like the definition said, right? And this is something we've talked about on the pod before, but projection being perceiving a personal inferiority as a, a perceived moral deficiency in someone else. So this aspect that we don't like about ourselves, let's say greedy or shallow or angry, whatever, we witness it in others. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny, the idea of like criticizing someone else is kind of like a dead ringer for information about yourself. There's really no escaping that. But anyway, so here's the next paragraph from Edinger, which I really like. He writes, over and beyond the personal shadow, there is also the archetype of the shadow. In Judeo-Christian culture, it is often personified by the devil. When the personal shadow is unconscious, it merges with the archetypal shadow. Then there is no clear discrimination between the personal and the archetypal and one is open to the possibility of actually succumbing to possession by the archetype of evil. And I really like this idea of like, the more we keep the shadow in the unconscious, and the more we deny its existence within ourselves, then the more it will merge with the archetypal shadow. And then we run the risk of actually succumbing to possession by it. Um, so it's sort of like, it merges with that archetypal shadow, right? That larger concept of, of uh, cultural unconscious or collective unconscious shadow. And then um, has more force over us, has more control over us. And it's sort of like, we then run the risk of doing its bidding in a way, right? If we are just projecting our shadows onto others and our shadow has behind it the force of the archetypal shadow that it's fused with, 
then that shadow has a lot more power than we're giving it credit for in a way. And I feel like, I mean, anyone who is like really judging someone, you know, really moralizing and tearing them down and um, eager for like the kind of um, public burning that we see happen all the time. I feel like that's a really good example of um, when the personal shadow has fused with the archetypal shadow and and then we're uh, possessed by it. We sort of participate in those like collective um, hatred of someone else. Um, And I love the idea of it being like possessed by an evil or possessed by evil itself. Especially because it adds like a level of compassion to it too, where it's sort of like, you know, if we see others doing that or if we see it within ourselves, then, you know, it might not feel good to recognize or to witness, but you can definitely sort of give them the compassion of knowing that, you know, their spirits really being, um, eclipsed, right, or overpowered, overshadowed by this larger force that's really governing it and controlling it, and, uh, you know, it's not who they are necessarily as a person, but, uh, the fact that they were open and vulnerable to this larger force taking over them. And then Edinger writes, but somewhere about the middle of life, if one is meant to develop, that process of relation to shadow has to be reversed. So the relation to shadow where we make it unconscious and we reject it, that has to be reversed somewhere in the middle of life. When one begins to reclaim all those negative and inferior qualities that one rejected in the earlier course of ego formation, it's still a dangerous business. And it's dangerous because if one is inundated too abruptly with shadow qualities and comes to the realization that I really am not the good person I thought I was and I really do have all these despicable qualities, it can be very demoralizing. So it seems like for us to do shadow work or to integrate the unconscious shadow material, then it has to be a gradual slow burn. Um, And I'm trying to even think if it's possible to like, uh, I don't know, to know all of your shadow in sort of like one big take. I feel like the shadow is like way too expansive and large and unconscious to know it all at once. But if we do sort of come into too much awareness too quickly, it can... um, destabilize the ego and you know if we think like oh my god I'm this horrible person and I'm not who I thought I was and uh, there's so much about me that's dark and ugly then it's kind of only reinforcing the shadow even if you have that awareness it's sort of like the point isn't to become aware of the shadow and then to add more shadow on top of it with layers of shame and guilt but rather to sort of like neutralize it or to integrate it as the sort of um, the possibility for darkness that we have within ourselves. 
So if we're shaming ourselves for our shadow, then we're only giving the shadow more uh, juice to run on, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it has to be gradual and slow. And I kind of like this idea of like, doing a little bit of shadow work every day, right? Or just like, you know, how many projections do we have in a day onto others? Like in how many ways do we project our shadows in any given day? And if we could just um, withdraw one of those projections on any given day and try to unpack where it's coming from within us and we can do it little by little, then I feel like in some time we'll have made a long way. Because then it makes the idea that, like, shadow work is not, like, a one and done, right? Like, so if someone says, like, oh, I've explored my shadow, like, I know my dark side, sort of, like, a little bit of a red flag, because that in itself is sort of, like, establishing the rejection of something and, you know, the reality that there is more of an unconscious shadow at play there, so... Um, it's sort of just staying open to the fact that it's a lifelong process because if the alternative is that light or consciousness is the opposite of shadow, then I really don't understand how it would be that we could ever be done with it because if one's an ongoing process, so is the other, right? Maybe that seems kind of remedial and like obvious, but I don't know. I just feel like I've heard that before where people are like, you know, I've done shadow work, you know, I know that, you know, it's like they're like saying it in terms of like uh, something that they've checked off and it just doesn't really feel right to me in a way or feel possible really more than anything. But there I go pointing out someone else's flaw. So I wonder where the shadow in it for me is. <laughs> so, yeah, there's really no escaping it. And then for um, this last paragraph by Edinger, he says, So how does one safeguard oneself from falling into the archetypal shadow? I only know of one sure way, and that is to be aware of the existence of the archetypal shadow as distinguished from the personal shadow. In other words, just an intellectual understanding of these different components of the psyche can be very protective. feel like the dog sleeping sounds like a giant bear in the background. I don't know if you can hear it, but um, I do like this idea, though, of just having the awareness of the difference between the personal and the archetypal shadow is a really useful um, tool and like a protective factor in not being overwhelmed by the idea of the shadow within ourselves. Because all, it's like that idea that once we have awareness, we can't lose it. And once we know that our shadow um, has a larger source and like a larger pattern or, you know, has um, the force behind it of the archetypal shadow, then we're not as likely to be as destabilized by it because we know its source and we kind of have this uh, understanding of where it's coming from and how it operates. So it becomes a little less of a personal flaw 
and a little less of like a moral deficiency and more of just how uh, life works for us and sort of what part of the project of personal development and self-integration is. And I like the idea that, you know, he says that at some point we have to reverse our um, relationship to the shadow, right? So the idea is like, I need to observe in myself all the things that I don't like about the world as a way of coming into contact with my shadow and making it conscious, right? Bringing it to light. And I like the idea that a young developing ego needs to establish itself as separate, right? To establish itself as anything, it needs to say what it's not. So what that kind of tells me is that then a mature ego or a developed ego or I don't want to use the word adult, but something like that is more in the business of um, identifying uh, what it is than what it's not, right? Um, it's sort of like a, it's interesting, it's kind of like a weird reversal paradox thing there, right? Where the younger ego is trying to establish itself as something by saying what it's not. And the more mature ego is trying to establish itself as nothing by saying what it is, by sort of saying that I am darkness, I have anger, I can be greedy, I can be power hungry, I can be um, rageful or whatever, right? So uh, it kind of just makes me feel like if I can just spend some time every day just being aware of the shadow and the potential for shadow projection and hopefully even identify a psychological um, or shadow projection and try to investigate where it's coming from within myself. Then I'm in the process of becoming that, you know, more developed, more mature um, ego that is trying to not separate itself from the world and from the collective, but reintegrate into it um, by identifying with those shadow parts that I'm desperate to see are as outside of me, but are actually a part of myself. And it kind of goes back to this, um, I remember someone at work telling me once this like Ram Dass quote, where he says, um, you have to become somebody before you become nobody, right? Like if we, we have to transcend the ego, right? That's what we want to do in this sort of like psycho-spiritual realm. But before we can uh, transcend it, we have to establish it. We have to um, create something in order to transcend something. So um, it's sort of like, we first separate ourselves from others and from the world by establishing ourselves um, by saying what we're not, and then we reintegrate into the world by saying that we're nothing, by saying what we are, by saying we are those shadow parts, by saying that we do have that darkness. And so there's a lot of sort of like paradox inverses or sort of like reversals of what feels like the obvious, at least to me. 
but it feels like a really cool way of thinking about our personal development and uh, trying to figure out where in ourselves um, there's darkness that we still haven't come in contact with. So, but anyways, um, feels like a good place to stop. But thanks for listening and have a good week. Bye. Thank you.